Hi there. Hi there. Hi there. The great tit is a bird. The great tit is a bird. The great tit is a bird. Medina got all pushy, making calls, calls, and ever more calls to more shelters, safe houses, and NGOs. Something changed with her after she found our June, the chicken, and me. She hadn't seen what I'd done to that chicken, what Arjun made me do, but she somehow knew and it pushed her to push me to make calls too. Even after I'd already made a gazillion calls, Medina kept insisting this was the only option to save those girls. So I kept going. I called like two dozen NGOs every day And then we got lucky. A place called Mother Earth Survivors had the capacity, not just for one or two, but for all the girls. We were so excited that we took the long Motogari ride across town to tell the Tuka girls in person. We found a girl named Hawi in the basement ballroom. Her cheekbones were so sharp, they were almost ripping through her shining dark skin. And when she heard my name, she threw her arms around me and said, Arjun said you will save us. But Medina was frowning. We haven't even told you why we came. We found a shelter for all of you, together. As Medina explained the details, Howie nodded her head over and over and over. Very agreeable, very agreeable, she kept saying, but she didn't seem to be listening. Angelique arrived. She also, surprisingly, weirdly, looked happy to see us. Squeezing her upper arm, she said, We've been saving chicken stew for you. Medina wasn't hungry, but I was instantly famished. I desperately wanted to taste that chicken. So Angelique went into one of the side rooms and returned with a pot of stew and a little electric hot plate. While she heated the stew, Medina explained that a shelter called Mother Earth Survivors could take all the girls and it would be ready for them in two days. She asked Angelique and Howie when all the girls could be ready. Angelique said she'd need to talk with Arjun. But then I had a brilliant idea. The Giants demo day was in eight days, I told them. With Tuka management so distracted, it would be the perfect time for Mother Earth survivors to come get the girls. Very agreeable, both girls said. Angelique scooped stew into a bowl for Medina and a bowl for me. I found a chunk of chicken and chewed it slowly, salty, fleshy, tender, perfect. But when will we get the settlement? Angelique said. The settlement? I was about to ask, but my phone started beeping, as did Medina's. Professor Sucharis was calling us back to in-situ community center for a meeting. You should go, Howie said. We don't have to go right this minute, I said. I wanted more chicken stew, 
I wanted all of it. No, go now, Angelique said. If you get in trouble, we get in trouble. So we left. It's Brief Explainer from EBC. I'm Tyrone Bryant. Today's question is from Danny in New Chicksaw, who asks, My mommy said she left me a settlement like that movie star, but she won't say what it is. How do I find out? Danny, let's unpack that. You're probably referring to the Boreo Ferimian movie star and model, Larisha Wadisango. DeSango recently posted a video about receiving a multi-million dollar settlement from her adopted mother, the Empirican tech heiress, Sally DeSong. The concept of a settlement is rooted in the cultural tradition of adopted mothers from certain countries. Settlements are not part of any Empirican cultural tradition, so Larisha was probably referring to her Boreo or Ferimian heritage. A settlement is a tradition and an informed expectation, not a binding legal document. From what we understand, Sally formally left her daughter Larisha a substantial inheritance through her will, which is a binding legal document. But to answer your question, Danny, the best way to find out what your mommy means by your settlement is just to ask her. Thanks for your question, Danny. Until we meet again, it's Brief Explainer from EBC. Big day had arrived, demo day. But just before we left for Tuca, Medina said we had to call off the plan. She'd called Mother Earth survivors and they no longer had enough spots. I just couldn't fathom all eight girls being able to all disappear, all together, all at once, after demo day. TK, Nadia, and everyone would be distracted by Demo Day, giving the girls the perfect chance to leave. If they didn't leave that day, who knows what would happen? Who knows what Arjun would try to make me want to do? I said, today's the best possible day to do it. Today's the only day they won't be watched nonstop. But where will they go? I said I'd call the other places, but Medina knew I'd already tried and they didn't call me back. I took my phone out and called a few numbers. Voicemail. Damn it. I'll keep calling, I said. We still have hours before the demo starts. Medina's eyes got hard. She was like, if no one comes through, it's not happening today. It doesn't have to be today. I stayed silent as we trudged out of our apartment and into the car the giant had sent to bring us to Tuka. I could hear you, Mamai. I'm waiting for you to do it, baby girl. I know you would have stood firm, Mamai. You wouldn't have compromised. You would have charged ahead. It had to be on Demo Day. Welcome back to the Movers and Makers podcast from Tahina Institute of Technology. I am your host, Dr. Vernon Knoll. Summer's almost over, so we wanted to check in with Tahina PhD candidate, 
Karen Johansson as she wraps up her research in Mayaka, where she's calling us live. Karen, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me back. You did your undergrad at Chickasaw University, right? How did you know that? I'm an alumnus, too. Let's go, chickadees. All right. And you're about to give a big presentation at Tuca International Hotel. Demo day. You know how it goes. <laughs> Indeed. I have seen my share of demo days. So, Karn, since our listeners can't see you, tell us what's happening. We're in this big, classy ballroom, and there's a veritable army of Irish stem helmets assembled on stage. An army of helmets on this big table, under a giant gold and silver wireframe head suspended from the ceiling, and glowing orbs surrounding the table. Decorative, of course. Where did you see that? And you can't use your phone, right? Before each attendee goes through a metal detector, he has to sign a confidentiality agreement and give his phone to a guard, who then locks the phone in a special shielded bag before giving the phone back. So the attendee has his phone, but he can't use it since it's locked in a bag. And he can only get the bag unlocked when he's leaving the venue. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Where did you see that? Is all the secrecy because of Sherpa? No. Is it because of the presence of active duty military? Where did you get this misinformation, Vernon? Karn, I got it from you. We arrived at Tuca Hotel, got scanned by a metal detector Tuca had installed just for demo day, and electronically signed a giant confidentiality agreement, which seemed kind of ridiculous since we already knew all about the Demo Day technology. That's what I thought at the time. The Demo Day ballroom had been transformed into a theater filled with seats, and Professor Sukaris and Karin sat in the very front, right near the stage. The professor looked up when we came by, clearing his throat, looking weirdly nervous while nervously trying to keep calm. Medina offered to fetch the professor and Karin something from the cafe. She said that her cousin's friend works there. Karin said, that would be nice. Her hair was down. She wore extra eyeliner, but she seemed stressed, more stressed than usual. Her eyes were laser focused on her laptop screen as she typed. Bring your cousin's friend back with you, Professor Sukri said. We could use, like, a backup subject or two for the Iris Stim demo. Medina and I eyed each other. Only days before, Professor Sukri said we were absolved of recruitment responsibilities for the summer. No pressure, of course. You are both such good recruiters, I forgot myself. He looked so sheepish. I almost broke down right there and told him everything about the girls in the basement. But then he reached out and touched my hair. He ran his hand over my hair and said to Karin, It's so soft. Please leave a message for Chad Stoma, Sherpa. Chad. It's Edwin Sukaris. Hey, it's bad enough that we're doing a public demo day, that its access controls are so flimsy, 
and that all these outside people are going to be there. Now TK wants to be in the demo. I don't know why. He's acting like the Megastar and the Irish Stims are toys that he wants to break. Can you please try to talk some sense into him? I'm going to try to get the demo moved to a private meeting. This is getting ridiculous. We booked it out of there. Medina, who usually walked at my slow, shorty pace, let it rip at her natural speed champion fast. I had to hustle to keep up. I said I hadn't known that her cousin's friend worked at Tuca. She said she just used that cover in case we needed more time. Now we were speed walking through the lobby, and she asked if I'd tried calling the other shelters. I had to take a deep breath, knowing she wouldn't like my answer. I told her I called Mother Earth survivors, and they were sending a van. Medina froze. I almost crashed into her. I already told you that I called this morning, and they don't have enough spots. Well, they said they can find enough spots between a few different places. But you know the girls won't go if they're split up. Medina was talking so loud that people in the lobby were giving her strange looks. So she grabbed my arm and pulled me aside and was like, Why are you so stubborn? Why does it have to be today? There were a lot of things I could have said, but Medina kept at it. Are you really trying to help them? Or are you just trying to impress Dr. Monamie? That was... I'd never heard Medina be mean. And it worked. My hands balled up. My fingertips started itching. She grabbed my fists. She like snarled, don't. And I could feel her pushing my energy back. It felt so weird, like the opposite of our June. It was like an anti-circuit. I didn't understand how her hands could be that strong. She was shaking my fists now, locked in her own, and yelling, Why? 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 Over and over. I could hear Ray Ray in her voice. Eight-year-old Ray Ray, alone in the car for hours, the car door unlocking, and a stranger getting in, or it was just you, Mamai, saying, It's okay, Ray Ray, it's just me. You know I had to leave you here. But I didn't know. I never knew. I was always like, why, Mamai? Why? 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 Oh, you always ask too many questions, Cheeky. Who's Cheeky? Medina had let go of my fists. She was giving me that look again, just like Atuka, like maybe she was afraid. She was rubbing her fingers like they itched or stung or were hurt. Had I hurt her? I'm cheeky. I'm cheeky, I told her. My mama would call me that when I was little. I pulled out my phone found the photo and showed it to Medina. It was shaking so hard. 
Her eyes narrowed as she moved her face closer to the screen. And I was like, does it look familiar? It's like the picture Arjun and Angelique showed us. Just, just old. You're right. It's a class photo, like the one Arjun and Angelique showed us. There's TK. There's Nadia. Medina's eyes got super wide. She leaned in, her nose almost touching the screen. And you're right, the photo's old. It's more than 20 years old. I pointed at the photo. That girl, that girl, the one in the center, that girl is my mamai. Medina shot straight up to her full height. I felt heat emanating from her arms and legs, and she crouched vertebra by vertebra, nearly touching her face to my phone. Where did you get this? Mamai gave it to me right before she died. Did she tell you what it was? No, it was in an envelope with other pictures of my family and stuff. So that's what's been eating you. The other photo, the one with Arjun and Angelique. TK and Nadia have been doing this for a very long time. Medina went boneless. I caught her and we sat down. A tiny elf frog touched my shoe. I felt it send a tiny electric pulse into my toe. An undertaker stork unfurling their cape-like wingspan and crimson nape, pecked at a fallen log. If TK and Nadia, this is even more reason to wait. We cannot make any mistakes. We won't. If we do it today, we won't. Now Medina was staring at me. She touched a finger to my cheek and I realized it was wet. I pulled out a tissue and wiped my face. What does Kukwa mean? When we first came here, you said to Arjun and Angelique, you're your own Kupwa. It means big, but it can also mean boss. I stuffed the wet tissues in my pocket. When I was a little girl outside the casino, my little pockets would bulge with wet tissues. You remember that, Mamai, don't you? I said that I wanted them to be their own kupas, even if it means they throw more stones at us. Medina tilted her head. Her eyes shone brighter than any moon. She ran her hand over my hair then she yanked down the stretchy collar of her t-shirt, revealing her upper arm. I was struck again by the beauty and the smoothness of her scales, but this time I noticed something else. Her skin was so dark I almost missed it. An identical row of oblong objects, a tiny finger piano, a kalimba, Have a great day. The great tip is a bird dot com.